back to the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This week, I am joined by Dave Boyce. Dave is a recent graduate of the Valley to Peak Nutrition Program, but had some really incredible insights that he shares today. In addition to that, Dave does a phenomenal job in the episode talking about the why that he had, which can be sort of this woo-woo phrase that we kind of gloss over, but we talk about the importance of having the why and really why that sets the precedence for how a program goes. We talk about setting a goal that extends beyond just going out to exercise. What's the value of actually training? And he really just does an awesome job outlining his experience in the program in the hopes of it's speaking to someone else, whether you're training for something specific or whether it's fat loss. His his program actually had arms of both in it, and he does a great job really trying to highlight some of the lessons that he had learned that maybe will be applicable to your journey. So we talked through a number of different things. He gives some insights. If you've got any questions that you've got, I'd be happy to pass those along to him or I can answer them as well. But without further ado, here is Dave Boyce. The best place to start with these things is just to have you introduce yourself. And, you know, I know that that's a pretty open-ended question, but like, I think uh, in that outline that I had sent you was, what do you do for work? What's your profession? How'd you get to Idaho? How'd you get into hunting? How'd you get into the outdoors? And just kind of who you are. I'm Dave Boys, 57 years old. I retired after a 28-year career in law enforcement. I knew when I retired, I wanted to live somewhere that was a good place to finish raising my teenager and that would give me opportunities to get out in the outdoors and hunt and fish and camp and do all the fun things. So Idaho was, uh, was on the list of places and that's where we ended up. So about six years ago, we moved to Idaho and just really enjoy it. My favorite part about that introduction is not once did you say where you moved from. <laughs> and we won't make you we won't make you say for the sake of your own autonomy and, and yeah. nobody trying to reach out and, and scream at you. As far as I know, from what I know about you, you didn't grow up kind of doing the outdoor stuff a lot, or did you? We really didn't have the opportunity. So my dad was always my dad always went deer hunting with my uncle as far back as I can remember, but the kids were never invited. And I never understood that, but for him, it was, he, he was a hard worker and, you know, commuted a long ways, both ways to work, both directions. And him going deer hunting every year was really him getting away and having some relaxation. And I learned that after I was old enough to go with him. And I basically forced the issue when I was old enough to take hunter safety, I think I was 12 or 13, I drug my brother down there and my brother wasn't super outdoors inclined, but I was, and I took him with me and we both went and got our, our hunting licenses. And, and then I, from then on, I tagged along with my dad to go deer hunting and ended up at deer camp and realized that my dad hardly ever left camp, but he didn't care that he just enjoyed it. And it was up to me to figure it out. And the area we hunted was pretty dense forest. So it was mostly set up a ground blind and sit on some trails and wait for the deer to come by. We never glassed. I mean, I didn't even own binoculars back then. I started off with a 30-30 and sitting in, sitting in a makeshift blind in between a couple pine trees, 
waiting for the deer to come by that we'd fish occasionally, but it, it wasn't that I didn't want to be out there. It just wasn't, there wasn't as much opportunity as there is living in a state like this and, and having, of course, being an adult now and being able to do what I want to do. So, so you guys moved here and then obviously, you know, you were, and when I, when I do the intro, like I'll preface it by saying that, you know, you were a part of Valley to Peak. And so we connected through that, but one of the things that I've loved the most about your story, and I'm going to invite you to share this in a little bit, was a couple of the goals that you had set up for. But if we rewind, because those didn't really happen until midway through kind of your journey, which I want to get your your thoughts on here in a little bit. Rewind kind of all the way to the beginning. You move here, you see all the great opportunity that you know Idaho or the Western states or whatever offers. You wanted to take advantage of it, but when you'd first reach out, you kind of felt like, and feel free to correct this or, or put it in your own words, you weren't physically quite at the point where you felt like you could take full advantage of it. You were already doing some of it, but it seemed like you felt like, man, there's just there's more that I would like to do, but I just don't feel like I'm at that point. Yeah. So shortly after moving here, I had a, a friend of mine, a younger kid with 0% body fat <laughs> offered to take me up into the high country and, and go scout. I don't know. It was a, a month or so before deer season and he wanted to go scout an area. And I, I learned really quick. I mean, I went and bought a pack with a frame on it and I learned really quick that being up in the elevation and putting on miles in a day, I just was not in the condition to be able to do that. I mean, I, I forced myself to do it. And I would pay for it when I'd come home and sack out on the couch for two days <laughs> to recover what Idaho offers in so far as backcountry hunting and, and being able to really get out there. I just was not prepared for it. And I, it was completely unlike what I had done before. And I, I knew that I wasn't in great shape to be, to be able to do it. So you know, I, I joined a gym. I, I did CrossFit for probably a year. I did some other HIT training for about two years. But the missing component was nutrition. And I, I had some guidance with like my fitness pal and tracking macros and calories and stuff. And I thought I was taking it serious, but I think there were a lot of times where I was cheating myself or cheating the program. And that was the missing part of it. And I felt like I was in pretty good shape and I was, my strength was getting better, but I still was carrying too much weight. So the weight, the weight, I wanted to be able to carry the weight in the pack, not on the front of me. And I just couldn't seem to lose the weight. So you, you'd said just a second ago, you were like, I think if reflecting back on it, the missing link was, and these are the words, I think you said, you're like, I, I was cheating myself what did that look like? Like if you say, if you look back and you say, okay, the first time that I was doing this, you were tracking your food, which is something that we've talked about on the podcast before you were doing kind of all the right things in terms of the steps and by the book, still not really seeing the type of progress you wanted. And now here hindsight's always 2020, but you feel like you were cheating yourself. So what did that look like? What, what lesson have you learned since that when you look back at that, you feel like, that's what I was doing wrong. 
So, and, and you've said this a bunch of times. So let's say I had 2,500 calories. I would either overeat and not account for it. Or I would have a serving in quotations, but not, not weigh or measure anything and think what I thought was four ounces of chicken was probably eight or 10 ounces of chicken. You know, I would, I would underestimate everything. If I, if we went to pizza, I'd have five slices of pizza and then put it down as a serving of pizza. Well, we all know five slices of pizza is not a serving of pizza. So that, that, that's what I mean by cheating myself or cheating the program is I, I always made it, I always made it sound better than what I was actually doing. And I don't know if that was just made me feel better about it, or I, I felt like I was going with the program, but there's nothing like what I did in the first couple months of working with you where weighing and measuring everything and accounting for everything religiously and being consistent about it was the key. I, that's what I wasn't doing before. Yeah. So if you, if you look back, cause you had made like you, you'd highlighted, look, I was doing high intensity interval training. I was going to a gym. I was doing some cross. You were making the effort, but still not really seeing that translate into what you had wanted what was kind of the, and I hate even using this term because I feel like it's used so much, but let's call it the aha moment. Or at what point did you realize, okay, for the amount of effort that I'm really implementing, I'm not seeing the type of progress I want. And then you, you know, you'd reached out, but what was that point where you were like, something's, something's gotta be going different here. I, I'm not getting something. Well, I think, I think I always knew that my issue was calorie intake. I mean, I understand calorie deficit and weight loss and it's just a simple equation. And I think the aha moment was when I reached a weight that I could not believe I had reached and I was at my heaviest ever at 265 pounds. And I just had a, <laughs> I just had the realization that something had to change you know, your, your big thing was what's your, why, why do you want to do this? And my, I want to be here for my kids. I want to do the fun stuff. The reason why I moved here was to be in the outdoors and camp and hunt and fish with my kids, with my family. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm six feet under or not, not physically able to do it. So I, I just, it, it reached a point where I had to do something. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to that, where you said um, I was big on the why I am. And the reason why is because there is going to be, if not in the middle of someone's program in the future, for sure, where you just don't feel like doing the the daily things needed to either make progress if you've got a certain goal in mind or maintain progress if you've already achieved that goal. And this, that, that's true of training or fat loss or anything like that. So when, when someone is just starting, they are highly motivated and they are also highly insightful. So the reasons for them wanting to go down this road are pretty clear to them at that point because the pain has become so 
obvious that they're willing to do something about it. They're willing to join a program. They're willing to start doing some things that maybe they have not done in the past. So if you can get someone at that point to write down, here's the reason this is important to me, then you can, when that 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 moment of doldrum comes, eight weeks in, 10 weeks in, whatever weeks in, say, hey, remember, remember that this is why you wanted to do it. And I think one of the, one of the coolest things to me over the years is that when you have someone do this, I mean, sure, you could go through the motions and put down anything. I want to be able to fit in my high school wrestling singlet or something. I don't know. <laughs> but almost always what people put down are these things that are like deeply intrinsic to them. Being around for my kids, being able to play with my grandkids on the floor without you know, being able to get back up. And like one of the things I want to talk to you about is your lab work. So you get improved lab work, which is obviously a, a, an objective measurement of your, your health, both quantity of life and quality of life, the better those labs work, look, then, you know, the more of both that you're going to have. So yeah, the, the why, like I could, if I'm listening to this and I am some one who's not in this like as a job and i hear someone tell me define what my why is I'm like man that's pretty woo woo i want nothing to do with that but if you if you go through the exercise with true truly thinking about what's important to you you first of all i think it's important to note that you will hit a lull there will be a point you just are over it that is normal. Everybody hits those and they hit them a lot. Even way after they reach their goal, they hit them a lot. But if you can remember, here's the reason these things are important to me, then it's really easy to keep pressing on. And I'll say this too, just having had been experienced and been in your shoes. I mean, at one point, I weighed five pounds more than you did when you'd started and you're much taller than I am. My why over the years has changed. You know, when I was young and losing weight, 17, 18 years old, 21, I was... I think it was 21 when I first started to lose weight. I was single. So my motivation was like, I would really love to get married someday. And then that morphed into, I want to show up to my five-year high school reunion looking different than I did in high school. And then that morphed into, I want to meet my wife. And then that morphed into, I want to be able to play with my kids, right? And so the why is always going to be changing. And sometimes it's related to those things. Sometimes it's, I want to go to a high mountain lake. And I know that I can't get there right now. So I want to train for that, but it's always going to be changing. It's important to have something. Otherwise you just start feeling like you're going through the motions and that's pointless. Like who, who would, who would want to go through the effort of changing normal habits if there's no value, if there's no outcome at the end of it. I mean, that's, that's a pretty common human characteristic. If you were to say the three things that stood out the most to me as being impactful in that journey and, and facilitating me towards my goal weight and my training and all of that, what would those three be? Consistent exercise. You'd mentioned tracking. You'd mentioned measuring. Maybe it's walking the dog. Maybe it's sitting down in the morning and like journaling. Here's how I want my day to look before it falls apart. I mean, what if you could look back at, let's call it three, three things that you consistently did over the weeks that you were in the program as being the top three that made the biggest difference from day one when you first started trying to make a change until you graduated, what would those three be? And maybe there's two, maybe there's one. So no, I, I would say the top three would be weighing and measuring and accounting for everything I eat, consistent 
well, daily movement, but consistent exercise. And I and and I'll be the first to say I was terrible about planning. Some of the suggestions you had for me were, you know, plan plan for tomorrow, plan your meals for tomorrow. I'm terrible about that. But what I did do was I was very consistent in my exercise. So I I was on the treadmill for an hour twice a week. And I was hiking the hills twice a week without fail. I don't think in in the in the goal phase of the program, I don't think I missed an exercise day because it it was sort of uh it was sort of self-rewarding. It was like you could just see it working. You could you could literally see it working every week. And if I if I do this, then I get this. And and I just kept it going. But the I'd say the three things would be the consistency in, in weighing and measuring food, the increased movement, and and hiking the hills. I mean, I tell everybody that asks me, you know, what'd you do? What'd you do to lose the weight and get in shape? And and I tell them all, if you if you can get yourself a pack and start rucking on a consistent basis, and it doesn't have to be fast, it just has to be consistent. And maybe we can talk about that, but the whole zone two exercise and, and getting your heart rate up at the upper end of the low end, you don't have to run, you don't have to lift heavy weights necessarily. It's consistent exercise with a slightly elevated heart rate. and and progressively adding weight to your pack, to me, that's what did it for me. That's what, I mean, I could see a change. I could see a physical change in my body. I could start to see leg muscles and, and I could see the fat shredding. I mean, just going away where, you know, I, I had a puffy dad bod and, and all of a sudden I can see muscles. So yeah. I think if if we were to like if we were to take all of those and categorize them as one thing, it was you had a game plan, and I think this goes back to the why, right? Because you had a game plan for your nutrition, so it wasn't like you were waking up and aimlessly, you know, quote eating less. I mean, that's such an arbitrary measurement that you can never know if you're really doing it or not. You weren't doing things from a nutrition standpoint that you hated. You weren't committing to a life of no meat when you love meat you weren't committing to a life of no carbs when you loved carbs you weren't committing to you you had a you had a game plan and it goes but going back to the why again if you have a roadmap right and this was true of your training too we sat down every week and we were like the next week should look like this on x day on y day on z day you you had a game plan and that is highly number one highly motivational to wake up and go do because it's building, right? You you can see yourself getting better. And then number two, it's a lot more motivating to go out whenever there is a goal to hit both for training and nutrition versus, okay, I'm going to go exercise. Like, well, what does that mean? How long? How long should you? Is there any component to it? So I think that you had, you had a, a, a game plan and that probably, well, it doesn't probably, it does. It makes it a lot easier to wake up each day and go do. And so, uh, uh, you know, my hat's off to you because you said it just a second ago and you're 100% right. There was not a day that you had missed. And it wasn't like you were, it wasn't like it was crazy vigorous. It wasn't like it was seven days a week. I mean, we, there were days that were rest days and there were, you know, like we really tried to work around around your schedule. So again, I think that you did 
a phenomenal job on the part that matters the most, which is consistency. Going back to the why, you had two goals specifically that you had said, look, here's two things I'd really like to see happen as a result of the progress I've made. Do you remember what they were? Oh, yeah. Well, number one was to, uh, I'm thinking about what you're thinking. (laughs) One was (laughs) to reach a saddle above some mountain property that I have that I've stared at for five years and always thought it'd be really cool to hike up there, but never had the ability to. Pretty steep incline. Come to find out it wasn't as far as I thought it would be. And by the time I had lost a bunch of weight and got in shape, it really wasn't much of a challenge once I actually made it up there. So once I attained that, then my second goal was to actually go on a backpack trip to go somewhere up in the high country and spend the night, which is something that I had always wanted to do, but never did because I didn't feel like I had the ability. Well, one, I didn't have the ability because I couldn't carry weight. I just wasn't physically able to to carry a pack with any amount of weight on it. So that second one, I, I we put it down on paper. I planned a, a backpack trip with my son to go up into the high country and spent the night up there. And, and that's what I did. And by that, by that time I had been, I'd been pack training with 30 pounds on my long ruck day and 50 pounds or 49 pounds on my intensity day. So a, a 30 or 32 pound pack wasn't a bad thing. So, so if you, I'm like picturing you getting to this lake with your son and I'm picturing you, I'm pretty sure we called it the pocket, the little saddle above your house. I think that's how we referred to it in our, in our emails and stuff together. I mean, what did that feel like to be staring at? Cause if I remember right, it's this little Aspen patch and a saddle above kind of where you years you've stared at that and thought one day, one day, one day, one day. And then you sent me a picture I mean, I wasn't even there and you sent me a picture of this place that you had. I mean, it's almost like you're in, I don't know, like you're just dreaming of this, this place. And then you finally get there and you send this picture. What did that feel like? That was a pretty emotional moment (laughs) to get to the top and, and finally be up there. And it was, it was actually, it was what I imagined, but even more beautiful. It was a, just an awesome place. And it's somewhere that I can go back to. It didn't have as much animal sign as I thought it would, <laughs> but just a really cool place and and just an awesome sense of accomplishment to to know that I had I got myself in good enough shape to get up there and and work so hard to 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 attain that. Yeah, it just felt great. Just felt really good. Yeah, and I mean I. I just, I loved it because, you know, you've, you've wanted to, like having had personally backpacked to a lot of lakes and spent the night out up there and almost always with people that I care about a lot. I mean, those are my fondest memories in the mountains is, you know, it's not these like, you know, epic, we talked about this before we hit record, these epic, you know, solo things or whatever it's, it's with people. And so to like, I picture my boys too, right? Like maybe that's why it's emotional for me is I can picture my boys and, and taking them up there. And so I, I just like, to me, it's you, 
the whole the whole journey is not about pounds lost, right? It's not about it's not about a number on a scale. It's not about whether you eat eight ounces of chicken or four ounces of chicken. In reality, it's about what it gets you. And we could argue that the work that you invested in those nuances got you a better life. Not be not like your life before sucked at all. Not at all. You would have, if you'd continued to weigh 265, you would have had a great life. But you could make the argument that you got the opportunity to do things you've always dreamed of because of what the work that you had done with the calories and the weighing and the measuring and all of the work. Like the work didn't just get you a smaller waist. What it got you was in reality and what you were working so hard for was the pocket and the backpack trip. And, you know, like you, you wrote me after you'd graduated and you said, talk about feeling alive at 57. I'm chasing a cinnamon bear in the mountains with a bow. Like I felt like Jeremiah Johnson, (laughs) you know, like those are the type of things that is the desired outcome in something like this. And so often, you know, we get tied up in a scale number or a waste or a calorie or whatever. And it's like, that's the forest from the, that's the trees from the forest. The, the bigger deal is what it gives you. And I just, man, I don't know. I just, I loved that that was your goal. And to get that picture of that Aspen pocket was just, I just, I don't know. It was almost emotional for you. It was awesome. Yeah. Without a doubt that, what what this has given me is the the ability to do what I wanted to do that I didn't have before. So being out of shape or being heavy or whatever, where I'm at now, I, I can do the things I want to do. So now being on this side of it, how many, if you want to share it, how much weight did you lose? 55 pounds. So being on this side of it, 55 pounds different, and basically that translating into giving you opportunities that you really feel like you didn't have before. What were you most surprised by in the whole thing? What what surprised you the most? I'll give you a couple of examples just to maybe help you out here. And these are from mine. Oh my gosh, that's a tablespoon of peanut butter. That sucks. <laughs> or, oh, that's what four ounces of chicken look like. Or, oh man, I, this is actually coming out faster than I expected. Or, you know, I don't, I never thought that I could actually see these muscles develop. Or I never actually thought that I was able to achieve the physical place that I did through consistent training. What, if you look back and you were to say, I think the thing that surprised me the most was, I honestly didn't think I was capable of losing the weight. I I thought I could, I might be able to lose 15 or 20 pounds and I would hit a plateau and I'd be stuck. And it surprised me that I was able to continue to lose weight and and get down to my goal weight. I never thought I'd be back in a size 34 jean. I, my last suit coat that I bought was a 52. I just bought a 44 long. I mean, I, those are, those are, I never thought I'd be back at that. It almost, almost some of my, some of my uh, hunting clothes I'm buying, like my jacket is or my vest that I bought as a large. I didn't think I'd ever be a large again. I mean, I haven't been a large since I was in high school I mean, I've always wore extra large as far as the, <laughs> as far as the food and stuff. Yeah. I was, I was astonished at what a re- true serving of, any food was, whether it was peanut butter or a serving of ground beef or chicken or whatever, you know, what four ounces look like. 
And now I know now, now I don't even have to get the scale out. I know what it looks like, which is great. I mean, that is exactly what it's designed to do. The weighing and the measuring, which some people can see is compulsive is not something when we say this all the time, it is not something we are saying a person's got to commit to for life. It is designed to do exactly what you said teach you what portion sizes look like of a variety of foods that you like so that it becomes so obvious to you that you don't have to use it again after six months. How long were you in the program? Four, six five months, six, six months. months. So you don't have to use it anymore after running the goal phase and after running the maintenance phase. And so, you know, I didn't set you up for that, but that's exactly what it's designed, designed to do. And I applaud you, man. You were, you were incredibly consistent. No doubt about that. I thought I was going to hate it, but as far as the measuring and the tracking and all that, but it actually became pretty easy. And and then when I got to the point where it was time to stop doing it for a while, I guess you get used to it and kind of it's sort of that safety net or that security blanket. It's kind of weird to not do it. And I haven't I haven't tracked. I, I weigh occasionally now. I haven't tracked any calories or anything, and my weight's been consistent. I actually did start tracking this week just out of curiosity. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's the, the, the beauty of it is, is that you've arrived at a point where you don't have to, if you choose to, or if you go on vacation, you're a little concerned, whatever, you know, it's, it's nice to know that that's a tool that's capable of keeping you kind of where you want to be, but you don't have to anymore. And that's, that's, you know, I think that that is, that's kind of the point. So that what was the hardest part about it all? The hardest part, I think, was maybe just having faith in the process at first until I actually saw it start to work because I had been down that road so many times, which is really why I reached out to you because I, I knew I needed some accountability. I needed to be able to answer to somebody other than myself because it's really easy to tell yourself you're either doing it right or just to, like I said earlier, to cheat yourself and you know, maybe not log something or, or maybe give yourself a little extra food. And that just over time adds up. So I think the hardest part was just believing in it, believing in the process and, and having faith that it was going to work. When you first reached out and we did our, our phone call together, you put me through the gauntlet. <laughs> I remember very clearly feeling like this guy is real skeptical about this. And I like if if I remember right, and feel free to to fix anything I mess up in this story. You had kind of first heard about Valley to Peak a while ago, and had reached out even a while ago, and then kind of just sat on it and felt like you know you were going to try a few other things. I know you joined a, a local gym here, and you were kind of working with a, a dietitian over there, and basically had kind of gotten to this point where you felt like. If I remember right, your son is actually the one who said, you know, what does it hurt just to reach out to him? But I remember that call and you, you, I just remember thinking this guy is a major skeptic of this. Yeah. So I heard about you through the XO Mountain podcast. I think I, I think I heard an episode where you were on there and you created a, a new backcountry nutrition guide and all that. And I started following you on social media. And the reality is you put out so much free information that if a 
if a person was just disciplined enough to use the information that's out there, you pretty much could help somebody without ever even talking to them because you put so much information out there. But apparently I wasn't that disciplined and, and I needed your guidance. And, and I need, like I said, I needed the accountability. I did reach out to you. And then I think it was probably three or four months later when I finally got a hold of you and said, okay, I think I'm, I think I want to do this. What do I need to do? Where are we at? <laughs> yeah. And you were, I mean, in your defense, you were all in after that. And, you know, I think that, I think part of what really helped you was you got to see a direct connection between the decisions you were making every day and progress. And I mean, that, that only encourages you to want to keep making good decisions. Right. And I think that, again, that's hats off to you. And like you had, you'd met with your doctor right after you had graduated and just, just to brag on you, nearly all of your, all of your levels got better to the point of where they were in the normal range. And he said, and I think that this is, this is a, a, a testament to you, your consistency. He said, you are basically one in a hundred of his patients, people he sees. And I would say that's sometimes true in the hospital, even what I've seen that goes and makes the changes and sees the type of, of improvement you saw. Right. I mean, to the point of going from, I think we could say fairly concerning to completely normal. And that's just a direct connection to your consistency. That's all true. That's uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. I was on blood pressure medication. I'm not anymore. Thanks to all this. A lot of my numbers that they track um, were, were either in the concerning zone or borderline and, and I'm, everything is clearly in the, in the normal range now. All of it, my cholesterol, my uh, my liver enzymes, it's all right there where it belongs. So couldn't be happier. Yeah, it's awesome. One tip, if you could share with everybody who maybe they're on the fence, maybe who knows what it is. What's one tip you would share with them? Like a lot of people, I've spent a lot of money on exercise equipment. I'm sitting in my shop staring at a high-end exercise bike um, that's been ridden twice. <laughs> uh, we've, we, over the years, we bought ellipticals, we bought treadmills, we've had gym memberships. So that's why when I reached out to you, I was so skeptical. But what I would say is if you, if you want to make a change, it's up to you to make that change. And you, you have to do it in your own mind and commit to it yourself but you can do it. And like I said, I, I was, I was skeptical. I, at first it, it took me a while to, to see, see a change, but if you just believe in yourself and just believe in the process, anybody can do this. It's, it's doable. All right. Any parting words that you want to give beyond that, or if somebody wants to reach out to you with questions anywhere they can find you social media, I doubt you want to give your personal email over the air, which is understandable. <laughs> Any parting, parting wisdom? I guess I just want to publicly thank you for your guidance and uh, what you do. You know, like I said, you, you put out a lot of free information. You know, I did, I did join your program and followed along with it and, I'm just thankful that you're out there and for what you did for me. Yeah. Well, I've got the, I've got the best job. I've got the easy part too, which is 
designing the plan. The hard part is the the heavy lifting that you do, and uh, you did a phenomenal job. So you earned everything, and it's been it was it is true pleasure, and got no doubt that you'll keep encouraging other people. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. big thanks to Dave for joining me this week. Like I said, if earlier in the podcast, if you've got any questions from something he had said or I had said, or you want questions that you want answered on a future Q&A, you can send those to info at v2pnutrition.com. Dave and I obviously talked quite a bit about the program. If you're curious what we offer, you can jump over to v2pnutrition.com or I'll leave a link in the show notes and you can you can see what's there. And he also mentioned a ton of free resources we've got, which are also accessible at v2pnutrition.com. So if you're starting to gear up for the new year, you're already thinking about what your goals might be next year and you want some help, you want some guidance, you want to refresh maybe knowledge that you've already got, I have tried to make sure that that is available in any possible format and everything's over at, at the website. So thank you so much for joining us. We've got a lot of great episodes to come the rest of the year leading into 2024. And as always, again, I said this earlier, but if you've got questions you want us to cover on a future Q&A, you can send those to us at info at v2pnutrition.com. We will be back again in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Have a great week, everyone.